Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. Seth Klarman is perhaps my favorite investor, and recently I got my hands on his latest letter to his investor. It's full of copyright, so in respect to him, I can share that but I can talk about it and I can talk about all the points that he mentions there and I'm sure because he is so smart and he has a very specific margin of safety perspective on the world, I'm sure this video will give you a lot of value, at least part of all the value that he gives in his letters. So let's start. For those that don't know who Seth Klarman is, he's the founder of the Baupost Group, uh, a value investor, really real value investor. He has done approximately 20% since he founded the Baupost Group in 1982 till 2008. Since then, his fund is really huge, 30 billion. He didn't find such great investments up till this March. So his return is a little bit lower, but he's always focused on risk. So he'll probably do well in all environments, in all cycles. And that's what makes him a great investor and one of the best investors of all time. Therefore, it's always extremely important to listen what he has to say. Of course, from a bottom-up approach to investing, looking into the details, he's also the author of Margin of Safety and you can buy that book on Amazon for about a thousand bucks if you want to do that investment. Also, what's very interesting, he also returned capital to shareholders, but this March, so very, very timely, he looked for more investments and he asked investors to invest because of the great historic buying opportunity and look how prescient he was. So let's see what Seth Klarman has to say. He is of course value investing, margin of safety, long-term trends, focus on risk, earnings, cash flows, that kind of mindset. If you have that kind of mindset, please also subscribe to this channel because that is what we try to do here. We do our best to learn and follow that investing long-term mindset. We're going to discuss his view on the current situation, how he calls it surreal, the issue issues with debt, the Fed, the crazy stocks, the crazy pricing environment that's going on. Then he also gives eight points of how it's likely that the world will change post-COVID-19 and that will impact not only your finances, but also your life. So extremely important video and extremely important thoughts. The first thought of the letter is that he calls econo- the economic situation, current economic situation, surreal. We could say that the economic developments and markets look something like this. The market is on very, very thin legs, pushed by the Fed, but the fundamentals ain't really there. So we'll see how it will end over the long term. And such things as this last crash flash crash or COVID crash that rebounded immediately and the S&P 500 is almost, it's above previous high levels. So that's really crazy. Usually such things happen over cycles, over years, over decades, but now it all happened in what? A few months. However, the economy still didn't recover. And if we look at the economic situation, 
compared to the market situation, you really think the investment world is totally surreal. GDP decline from the Bureau of Economic Analysis is expected to be above 30% in Q2 2020. 30% GDP decline, that's a huge decline. You would expect the stock market to be down, but it's not. And even more surreal is that every stock in the S&P 500 posted a gain since March. That's really, really surreal. If we look at Nasdaq, the situation is even crazier. Free stocks account for 60% of Nasdaq's gains and the index almost doubled over the last five months. The situation is simple. The Fed is printing money, ECB globally, low interest rates, huge fiscal stimuluses. So they all need more buyers to keep the market up because we'll see later during this video, the market and everything, the economy is based on endless financial engineering. That is the world we are living in. And that's why stocks and everything, real estate prices have to stay up. Without that, the world would have to change and everybody is scared to see it change. Therefore, financial engineering, endless financial engineering is the solution. We'll see how it will end up. Hopefully we'll live to see it. And Klarman's warning is how things really are escalating and those things usually don't end well. He's mentioning one pension fund, he doesn't name it, but it's probably CalPERS, where the top US pension fund aims to juice returns via 18 billion leverage plans. So they're going to take 18 billion on leverage to invest in private investments because they need to reach their 7% return target. With zero interest rates, conservative investing approach, you can't reach 7%. And on their 400 billion in assets, and 7% is what they need to pay future benefits to 1.9 million members. They are not there, so they are planning to use leverage. And Klarman is saying how that's very risky for the market because they, instead of accepting lower returns and telling people how their pensions will be lower, they are going to do whatever they can to reach those 7%. Suddenly, also, two days ago, the chief investment officer resigned. So we'll see how that, that story develops. But pension funds, save investments, save institutions, taking on more debt to juice up returns is something extremely risky. It's a two-edged sword, and they're all already down. They don't have enough money to meet future liabilities on a 7% expected return. So if you are one of the 1.9 million culpers, teachers and everything, you should start thinking about creating a second stream of retirement by doing, I don't know, weekend jobs, renting something out or who knows what. You see what fits you, but you can count on that your pension will be much lower than expected in real terms. That's a given. What's going on? Of course, the Fed is pumping money into the system. So from 4.5 billion, they started lowering a little bit, but we are already close to seven, sorry, trillion. I'm still wired on billions, but I'll adapt to seven trillion. Probably will go higher with next budget deficits and ugly situations. 
what Klarman says is that the Fed considers the market like a little kid that can't rationally set price, prices. So it has to intervene as soon as the market falters, the Fed immediately intervenes to keep prices up because the whole economy is focused and based on that. And this huge liquidity makes stocks have crazy moves. Stocks that are going bankrupt can jump five times in one, two days because of new liquidity that's coming in and ways to reorganize what their goal is. But he's calling that a Schrodinger's cat because we don't know whether it's dead or alive. So AMC theaters, the business model is broken. People are not going there, but the stock price was even higher than pre-COVID levels in June due to all the liquidity and betting there. Also Hertz, other stocks, sorry, AMC theaters, also pretty high level when he was writing the letter and much higher than it was at the COVID crisis. So crazy stock environment, really absent market pricing, it's more all a gamble. And he compares it to a casino with no true price discovery. This is what we are investing. This is what Seth Klarman says we are investing in. And this is what we have to watch very carefully when it comes to our money. Because you know gambling works until it doesn't. And then we hit trouble. The conclusion is that we are in an environment of endless attempts of financial engineering. And you can I don't know, try to make that cat live for, cat we know has nine lives, but at the end also the nine lives will, will expire. We have been seeing lower interest rates for the last, last 40 years. We have seen intervention, ECB, Bank of Japan, the Fed. So the value of money is declining. Therefore, value investing real assets is probably the way to go and will be the only way to go over the next 10, 20 years. When it comes to Klarman's investments, the biggest position is PG&E, not Procter & Gamble, sorry, I have to correct this, PG&E. And this is a position where he is also in the debt of the company. He says how they will get 80% of the value of the debt now, so huge cash injections for them. Klarman is a very, very complex investor looking for those investments where nobody other is looking, understanding the legal legalities around those. So things that we as retail investors can't do all the time, but we can, for example, see, learn about his investments in eBay, Liberty Global. Then there is the Steinhoff reorganization private portfolio with real estate developments, but he's now focused on mortgage and credit markets because what he says, and that's something very interesting to learn from his letter, there is always a lag between private markets dropping compared to public markets. Public markets have crashed in March and rebounded already, but the real repercussions in the economy, the real opportunities in the economy will come in the next months and a few years. And that is what he is waiting for, for those distressed opportunities like Buffett. And there is always a lag there. So don't accuse Buffett or Klarman for having a lot of cash now. Then he concludes his letter with eight COVID long-term impacts on life and 
investing. Let's quickly go through them one by one. The first one is the acceleration of digitalization. We are not going to the store that often, so that new habit will stay in perpetuity and no part of retail is immune. And the pandemic really accelerated the disruptive impact. Of course, the stock that benefited a lot is Amazon. Also, the second impact, new ways of working, learning, healthcare, perhaps even dressing to go to work. Stocks like Zoom, businesses like Zoom are really changing the way we live. Three, reversal of globalization, certainty of supply perhaps is more important than costs of supply. So America has been running short on masks, gowns and gloves again. So if this changes, there might be more supply chains, more production in countries that need to cater to demand there, but also more focused on certainty of supply rather than cost of supply. We'll see how the world develops there, but that is very, very interesting. This would perhaps increase wages, which would be a positive. We'll talk a bit later about that and therefore increase all costs, competition, perhaps inflation, but will lead to more certainty of supply within strategic sectors of national importance, not only in the United States, but also globally. He also touches on inequality, how that always in a difficult situation, also what Ray Dalio has been saying, in difficult situations, inequality comes out and also we have been in a difficult situation and inequality is a a very important topic so he discusses from hispanic black people the inequality the wealth gap from dalio and how that might impact the world we live in over the next decade two decades from i don't know going back to dalio high higher taxes and things like that so also something to think about but also try to contribute to a more equal world especially in fairness and i would say also equal opportunities then real estate challenges retail definitely no retail will be left out hotel real estate perhaps even office real estate might get hit if the environment changes. The US in 2019 had already five times more retail space per capita than Europe. That's huge. Hotel supply is likely to shrink in some places. Office demand might also possibly decline. All on the other hand, there might be increased demand for warehouses as we are seeing more and more online shopping. Talking about humanity, priorities, costs, and risk mitigation, The COVID death rate was very low compared to other viruses. So this is just one single mutation and, I don't know, the bubonic plague wiped out 50% of the European's population. So it's very interesting how we will grow, how we'll live in the future. Also, whether we will be prepared for new pandemics. As Gates warned us a few years ago, nobody listened, but here we are. Perhaps COVID will be treated as a blessing if we learn to prepare for new viruses, because one single virus can be very, very lethal to humanity. So also something to think about. Then he also mentions the Fauci effect. This is, he says, more aspirational than real, unfortunately, but 
the belief in science and needs for science and experts has been growing. Unfortunately, it's often used in politic targets and goals, interests, economic interests. But if we all start to think more, listen more, learn rationally more, what value investors do, I think it will remain aspirational, but you never know. We can all aspire. This will create a better world and hopefully more people will dedicate their lives to public health. And the eighth topic is that declining dominance of capital over labor. If we look at average hourly wages of all employees, in this case, in the United States example, it grew from 22 to 29 over 10 years. You might see, okay, wages are growing, but that's 2.7% per year. That's not much, slightly above inflation in this case, and then depends on how you measure inflation. So wages are not growing, we can say, especially if we put that on a 40-year perspective, 3.5% per year over the last 40 years, 4x in total, 2.9% over the last 20 years. But if you want to buy, I don't know, a flat in New York, it's up seven times or 5% per year over the last 40 years. And that's a big difference. Education is up also something similar. Healthcare costs, all what you really need in life is up. Therefore, we might see how labor becomes more important, which would be also good to solve inequalities, etc., etc., over the predominance of capital. But for now, we see the Fed bailing out Wall Street and not focusing that much on improving labor conditions or wealth. So the conclusion from an investing perspective, as always, bottom-up approach, finding those investments that offer a margin of safety, thus lower risk with higher upside. Also ugly investments that Clarkman often do, often does, but then you have to be prepared for that, know what you're doing, and he is very skilled in doing that. Also, he says that, that we are living in a world of high uncertainty. We don't know what will be the economic repercussions of the economic situation we are still in, which is a very, very bad economic situation. Everybody is, oh, we are, everybody's high on the Fed's intervention, ECB pumping money. But that can be very ugly in the coming years if the currencies lose their value, if we lose trust in the currencies that are printed at will. And that's something very important to think about. Also, from an investing perspective, think about real assets. And I want to conclude with a quote from the letter. I would rather have questions that can be answer, answered than answers that can't be questioned. And that's also something he talks about other things, but I would like to talk about investing. Investing is always uncertain. We don't know what will the world look like Five years from now, if somebody asked you a year ago, what will the world like? Very few would have predicted the situation we are in. And Klarman, when it comes to investing, value investing, he's a forever investor. He in, not lives. He invested since 1982 with the bottom-up approach in the margin of safety style. People forget that 98% of his competition has been wiped out in the last 40 years. 1,043 of the saving and loans associations went bankrupt 1980s, 1990s, dot-com bubble, real estate bubble, and we'll see whether this will be called the Fed bubble or not. 
Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, please let me know. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review as it means a lot to me. Thank you and I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.